a lot of times you'll have a self-employed borrower is a great example who has a great income, but it's not necessarily verifiable when it comes to their tax returns. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him and Eastern Union funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got, And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. And his phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Phil Treadwell, how you doing, Phil? Doing great, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Phil. He he is a 15-year mortgage industry veteran. He's a regional vice president for Highlands Residential Mortgage. He's been a top producing originator in a multi-state region. He is also the host of Mortgage Marketing Expert Podcast based in Bentonville, Arkansas. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, no, Joe, I appreciate you having me on and the introduction there. My background for the last 15 years has been in mortgage, mainly on the origination side. I got the real estate bug fairly early on. My dad was a builder growing up, still owns a company to this day. And as I grew up seeing real estate and seeing the 
ups and downs of it, knew that I wanted to be in some type of role within the mortgage industry and had a love of numbers and finance and ended up in the mortgage business. And I owned a small broker shop years ago prior to the bust as the bubble was about to burst in the late 2000s, end up selling my company to Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. I went to work for them, became a top producer in the about a six state region, the center part of the country. About five years ago, I came to work for Highlands where I'm at right now, where I build branches, coach originators, build teams in a two, three, four state region right here in the center part of the country. When you coach originators, what are the high level points you talk about? And then I'd love to get a little bit deeper in each of those. Sure. The main things right now, especially at the climate that we're in within the industry, is the old adage of comparing rates and fees or having competitive rates and fees and closing on time. That's now the new par. Closing a loan fast, getting a property done and just providing on par rates and and whatnot isn't enough to differentiate yourself. So the things that we really coach on and that I really coach my teams on is to provide value with your referral partners to make sure that you're branding yourself in a way that differentiates from the competition and the other vultures out there, if you will, that are going after the same clientele. And if you can do those two things successfully, that's a great start. How do you provide value with your referral partners? So instead of just simply doing the things that is expected of an originator, come up with ways to help them build their business. So as opposed to doing a home buying seminar with a referral partner, maybe teach them how to create leads online, to have home buyer seminars themselves, come up with ways to help them build their business. And and in turn, they'll refer business back to you. Do you have an example of something you all have done or you've done to illustrate that point? Absolutely. A couple different examples that come to mind. One is provide them with information that they can provide to either their home buyers or to potential prospects like information about the market that they're in, whether that is an analysis of the appreciation or the median home prices and the median incomes to kind of show an affordability. There's some great software out there that can provide those things. One of them is MBS Highway with Mary Habib, who's a great friend and partner with our company and several others. Another thing is to do like a cost of waiting analysis. If you can see the appreciation in a certain market, if you can look at the way the interest rates are increasing little by little as they have over the past year or so, and put into numbers what it's actually costing a buyer who is on the fence to wait three months or six months or or whatever, that really helps them convert those leads into buyers and in turn is a possibility for you to get that buyer's referral. Mm, Yeah, that's great. I love the cost of waiting analysis. I hadn't heard of that type of analysis. Is that something that you came across or is that something you all came up with? That's something that MBS Highway has provided us as a company. Our entire company subscribes to it and each individual loan officer has those tools. And there's a lot of things within that platform that a lot of times are better information for real estate professionals than they even are mortgage professionals, but they're designed in a way that you can provide those, as we talked about, to add value with those realtors, with the real estate professionals, so that, again, they can create more business and create that relationship. And that's just one of the ways that you can add value to their business. 
What's a skill set that wouldn't be as honed as it is if you didn't have a dad who was a builder and had his company still today? One of the skills that I have that's not as yeah. that's not honed. Yeah. Um, no, one of the skills that you have now that would not be as honed if you didn't have your dad in the business. I think just an overall perspective of the industry. I think a lot of times the building market, you have kind of two different sides of it as I've seen personally. One is the builders who build custom homes and build for the individual and the builders who are more developing a subdivision and they might let you customize a few features, but it's essentially the same couple of floor plans and exteriors and just duplicated across a subdivision or a piece of land. And I think the differences in the quality of the home can vary at times, the differences in the qualities of the builder, just understanding those types of things have been a huge benefit in partnering with real estate professionals and builders on the mortgage side, because my background is heavily in the marketing and sales side. So anytime that you can identify a competitive advantage or a selling point or a feature on a property or subdivision, those go a long way to getting the attention of the consumer in in the end home buyer. And I've really subscribed to both something we talk about a lot in our podcast and something we talk about a lot with our teams is a balance of trust and attention. That's really what marketing is all about. I use the example that I could light myself on fire and, and put it on social media and get a lot of attention, but that doesn't mean that anyone has any trust that I can provide what they need in a business sense. But someone can be the most trusted business professional out there, but if no one knows about them, then again, they're not going to do any business. So when it comes to identifying characteristics of properties to help that builder or to help the real estate professional who's selling properties, I think that's something that I was able to learn early on, which is that all homes aren't necessarily created equal. I love that. You said definition of marketing balance of trust and attention. Yeah we, we, yeah, we think that marketing and effective marketing is really that balance of trust and attention. Oh, that's beautiful. It's so true. I love your example too. So you talked about providing value to referral partners, doing the leads, etc. That was one component. And then you said the second thing was branding yourself and making yourself differentiated. What are some tactical things that you do to do that? The first is to identify what you want to be known for. And I'll use the example as of a mortgage originator, but it can be a real estate agent. It can be really any sales professional when wanting to build a brand is what is it that you want to be known for? Some mortgage originators want to be known for the loan officer who can get the loan closed really fast. Some may be one that focuses on first time home buyers or veterans, or maybe it's that they're extremely experienced and they can really take time and answer a lot of questions. So you have to identify what it is you want to be known for. And then the second piece of that is to figure out what market and niche that you're trying to market to and make sure that they pair up. An example of that is if someone's wanting to say, I want to close loans really fast, but they want to focus on renovation loans. Well, those probably aren't going to match up very well because renovations generally take some time. 
so you want to make sure that those two things match up and you have an ability to do that long term. You don't want to spend a lot of time and effort branding yourself or marketing yourself in a way, maybe on a specific program or a specific niche in the business that's going to go away relatively quickly. So once you do that, it's just a matter of finding a, there's not really an elevator statement anymore, but finding a short statement when people ask what you do and how you do it, that's short and to the point and can really relay what your value is in your profession, what kind of differentiates you rather between you and the other originators or loan officers that are out there. And then really just owning yourself online, owning your domain name, trying to put on that online resume on a website that has maybe a video of who you are, some things of which you've done, being able to put some things out there on social media. And all of those things go into building a brand. So when someone can build a brand and get that attention and pay close care of the things that they do, that's also going to create that trust. Then you go back to that balance and you're effectively marketing yourself. Switching gears to the underwriting and working with your customers, and I get that now you're really focused on coaching originators, so you might not be on the front line, but in the past you were. What's a a challenging loan that you came across and you either were or weren't able to help that person for whatever reason? I think the biggest ones that come to mind are the ones who have either an income issue or a credit issue that's preventing them from getting a loan. Obviously, a down payment, what your credit and pay history look like, what your income, your ability to repay, and then whatever assets or reserves you have. Those are the main components of what an underwriter looks like. A lot of times, you'll have a self-employed borrower is a great example who has a great income, but it's not necessarily verifiable when it comes to their tax returns. Most good self-employed people are going to write off a lot of expenses in their business and they may not show on the bottom line as far as taxable income what they actually are able to use to pay down debt or to pay expenses. So those are the biggest ones that come to mind. I had one instance, it's been years ago, Whenever some of the large auto companies were having difficulties, if you will, this particular borrower, they owned a company who hauled auto parts for some of these big auto manufacturers and they had kind of a lull in their income and that caused them to have to leverage themselves with debt in a big way. And what we were able to do in short is partner with an SBA lender to do some small business loans, as well as do some financing and and refinance some of the debt that they had on their real estate properties and get them qualified for the purchase that they were trying to make. But I think that's something for people to be mindful of is whenever you're going out wanting to borrow money, whether it's an investment property that's going to have a tenant where you need to look at cash flow or whether it's your personal income, those things really have to be verifiable. And I think a lot of folks think in their mind, because I have a good credit score and pay my bills, I'm obviously getting the money from somewhere. But that doesn't always necessarily translate down into being able to qualify for a home loan. You mentioned earlier, you got the overall perspective in the industry from your dad and his company. Why didn't you go into building and developing? (laughs) That's actually a funny story. I grew up during summers and after school working on properties that he was doing and a lot of building aspects. And early in my adult life, if you will, I went to work for him full time and started my own little 
crew doing some finish work and told him that I really had a lot of interest in taking over his company and going into building and, and that type of thing. And he looked at me and said, nothing would make me happier if you decided to do that. But before you do, I really want you to think long and hard before choosing the building industry for the next 30 or 40 years. Because while the last 20 years has been good, you don't remember the times through the 70s and 80s that things were really, really difficult. And just like anything else, industries are cyclical. And he said, so before you do that, I really want you to look out there and see if some other things that you may be interested in. And I reached out to a company that was looking for someone that had both sales and management experience, which I had had on my resume at the time. And it was a mortgage company. And 15 years later, I'm, I'm still in the business. Any regrets? Not at all. There's been a lot of highs and lows in the mortgage industry, but I've met some amazing people, have had some great mentors, have been able to help a lot of people with home ownership and no regrets at all. It takes a very tough mindset for a person to get into building and to stay in building and props to your dad for doing that. I don't have the stomach for doing development. I've mentioned that multiple times on this show. The psychology and the ups and downs, as you said, but you did just mention something that I hadn't thought of. When you're in the mortgage industry, you had ups and downs too. So you said you owned a small broker shop and you sold it before the bust. Did you just have ESP or did you just luck out? What happened there? It was a, a little bit of both. I don't think it was ESP. Wells Fargo had approached me multiple times to essentially sell my company or work out a deal where I would close my company. They would take care of what I wanted out of that financially to come to work for them as an originator and absorb it in. And there was one or two other small mortgage companies in, in the market that I was in that had also done that. And you could feel the tightening on programs. You could see the difficulties that the industry was having. Large companies are there one second and gone the next. And the dominoes had started to fall. So I just decided that I wasn't established enough in my career and didn't have the financial resources to try to weather what it could potentially be. And I knew I hadn't been in the business long enough to really have experience with the cycles and decided to go ahead and not weather that storm alone. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? It is to have a good team of people, especially when you're talking about people who are wanting to build a portfolio of real estate. Make sure that the team of folks, whether they're appraisers or home inspectors or realtors or lenders, to make sure it's not just a good team of people, but they're also doing more for you than just their specific job. And like I talked about earlier, from a lending perspective, we don't just want to provide good financing options for home buyers or for investors. We also want to take it a step further and help build their business in other ways, which could be as simple as making a connection with another good title company or another good appraiser or someone else that seems suited to the type of business that they're doing. Yeah. Great advice. That's for sure. For any of our customers, we should do more than just what they're hiring us to do. That will make us stand out because in your industry, certainly it's not just about speed and reliability. You have to do more to differentiate yourself and same with most industries right now. 
Absolutely. It's a matter of just under-promising and over-delivering. And we talk about that a lot. If you under-promise and over-deliver, that's from a position of strength, where if you over-promise and under-deliver, most of the time, that's because people are insecure and self-conscious about their actual abilities, where they feel like they need to over-promise to get the deal. Very true. Absolutely. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. First quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at Eastern eq.com need more investors for your fund sales for your books or courses whether you're seeking investors or content sales luo media group is a digital marketing expert that can help make your marketing make money get a free consult at l-u-o-m-e-d-i-a-g-r-o-u-p.com forward slash best ever best ever book you've recently read recently principles by ray dalio What'd you take away from it? That you can set up a system for just about anything in your life, whether that's personal or professional. Best ever deal you've done? It was the first deal that I did, which was for a friend of mine from high school, brand newly married, was able to get them into a home with almost nothing, and they still live in that home to this day. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? On a transaction... Ooh, it's a great question. I will say probably waiting too long. If it was a personal transaction for real estate, I waited too long. I was too hesitant. I should have pulled the trigger a little quicker. Will you elaborate on the transaction? Just love to learn more. Yeah, it was a potential investment property for myself personally. My wife and I were looking at purchasing it. We were going to either buy it, rehab it and keep it for rental or potentially flip it. And we waited. We weren't sure if our numbers were accurate and they were probably even too more conservative. And somebody came along and scooped it up. And it was a lesson I learned very quickly that trust your gut, trust your instinct. If your math works and you got a good feeling about it, you can't wait. You got to pull the trigger. Best ever way you like to give back. My wife and I work really hard at our profession so that we can give financially. There's a lot of good causes that people sow their time into and we do as well. But we have specifically a guy that has worked for me for years. He and his wife are missionaries in Romania, humanitarian missions that dig wells and do a lot of religious causes as well. So we like to give back in that way. How can the best of our listeners learn more about what you got going on and get in touch with you? My website is philtreadwell.com, P-H-I-L-T-R-E-A-D-W-E-L-L.com. Pretty much all of my social media handles are at Phil Treadwell. And would love for him to check out our podcast, which is Mortgage Marketing Expert. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all of the main podcast outlets, as well as the website, mortgagemarketingexpert.com. Getting customers and keeping them and growing them within your business is a balance of trust and attention. You said that, not exactly like that, but I elaborated on it a little bit because that's so profound what you said it can be applied to just customer acquisition and retention too not just marketing i love that and how you do that is you provide value that goes above and beyond what you're specifically hired to do 
One tactical way is to provide an analysis to your customers so they can provide it to their buyers, the cost of waiting analysis that you mentioned. There's many different ways we could do that. And another is to brand yourself so you're differentiating from the competition and you talk through the questions to ask yourself and then how to approach that. Really grateful you're on the show. Thanks again for being a guest. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Joe, thanks so much for having me on and you as well. Need more investors for your fund, sales for your books or courses? Whether you're seeking investors or content sales, Luo Media Group is a digital marketing expert that can help make your marketing make money. Get a free consult at luomediagroup.com forward slash best ever.